right, we'll just talk into the phone, Nathan. <laughs> so, brother Nathan, what's up, man? Welcome to the 307 Podcast. Welcome back to the 307 Podcast. That's right. Thanks for having me. So, you guys have um, heard a little bit from Nathan uh, when we did the recap on 307 Podcast for um, our long day in the Cahutta. And um, that was an awesome episode. I think a lot of you guys really enjoyed that. And so Nathan actually organized that uh, that trip for us. And it turned out to be a really awesome deal. We had a lot of lessons learned that day. Great time. Got to explore some new terrain. I absolutely loved it, man. So, um, yeah, we've come together today talk about a few things yep not only to talk about you nathan and kind of your background um what you've done um and kind of just who you are because i really enjoy spending time with you uh that that trip that we did to Cahutta was was a really powerful trip for me and um you are just you just have a, a really great energy man like you you i i i view you as a as a a mentor and an advisor in my life mm, i truly do thank you so um so yeah i want to dig into you know who you are and um but but first let's talk about um the basic course there you go yeah let's talk about the basic course first um so Guys, I have been asked probably hundreds of times for personal coaching. Uh, people ask me all the time, "When are you going to write a book?" Um, or, "Or can you can you coach me?" You know, uh, virtually, um, you know, on a on a weekly basis or something like that. I so I personally don't offer. I know you guys can't see Nathan. That's perfect. Yeah, there's Nathan. He's just a little off screen. So um, I don't offer like a, a, personally, I don't offer like an online coaching platform. And the, the reason that, that I have never put out kind of a product like that is because, to be totally honest with you, man, I don't feel like I can do an individual justice by coaching them online. Like, I am such a face-to-face -face person. I, I think that those face-to-face, person-to-person interactions are just so much more powerful, and you can convey so much more information uh, when, you know, you're, you are face-to-face -face and mm -hmm. you're spending time together, especially in inflicting some adversity upon ourselves right. um, together jointly. I feel like that is really the way to... Uh, to coach somebody, so I'm not a big online coaching guy, but but I I'm a, I'm a teacher, man. Like I feel I'm in my place. I, that's what I'm most passionate about is teaching and coaching and stuff like that. But so so due to those hundreds of requests to like get some mindset coaching, get some um, some face to face time, some Q and A, um, all that good stuff. Uh, that's the reason, essentially, why we came up with the basic course, in my mind. Yeah. You know, I know, and I know you have your own reasons, and, and, but in my mind, that's where it's at. This is the place that we are going to select 16 individuals 
two groups of eight. We've got two trips lined out. So two groups of eight individuals, and this is going to be a time when these individuals can come out and spend that one-on-one, face-to-face time with not only me, but with Nathan and also with Blake. So that, to me, is what the basic course is, man. Um, and it's, it's just, a, it not only is it going to be a mindset um, slash uh, mental toughness slash, all, slash story time slash all that, but it's, it's also going to be a really a skills-based course. And that's, the, that's what's the difference between the basic course and the finishing school. So this is not the finishing school. The basic course will actually, from this point forward, be a prerequisite for the finishing school. So the finishing school is, is a very mission-focused. It's very mission-focused. So the, the students that we have selected to participate in the finishing school, the Alpha Platoon members, they are already highly, highly qualified individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, they're former law enforcement. Uh, you know, we've got former collegiate athletes. We've got so so. They're from a mindset and a physical standpoint, they're highly highly qualified. Um, so it's a mission based thing. Uh, the basic course is anything but basic. It's it's not going to be. <laughs> right. You know, it, it's 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 just a it's just a different type of of course. I think I view it more as a skills based and a mindset based. Mm-hmm. And not so mission focused, right, right? Right. So that's what I that's what I view the the basic course as. Um, again, guys, this is this is brand new. Nathan approached me and said, "Hey, man, we need to get together and we need to run a course." And Blake and I had been talking about running a course like this um, for quite a while. But when Nate, when we when we actually had the opportunity to bring Nathan on board for this project. It was like, all right, this is a no-brainer. We got to make this work. So, what's your what's your view on the basic course, man? What do you, what do you what what does it mean to you? And you know, why why do you think it's needed? Yeah, I think you know when when you and I first met, and we were uh, we had kind of been introduced from mutual friend, and we knew uh, there was a lot of similarity in what our two organizations did and um, what we hoped to do in people's lives. So we were talking and kind of comparing notes and one thing that came out of it um, to me was that the finishing school requires a pretty high level of um, of competency and some outdoor skills and I think you mentioned some of the people you interviewed had it had the experience in terms of leadership and mindset and they were kind of there in those um, aspects but they hadn't had the opportunity to be outdoors and so just the sheer, how do I carry a pack and live in the back country and, and um, do so in a way that's not so overwhelming that I can't focus on the mission of the finishing school. It kind of appeared that there was an opportunity to do something that trained people and said, hey, here are the hard skills that you need uh, to go and, and not be so overwhelmed by this environment and by what it means to live outdoors so that you can focus on the other aspects of that mission. And so the wheels, you know, started turning and, uh, and I think that was the f- kind of the first thing that came to my mind of ways that we might partner was to, to offer something like that because it, uh, the way our, our organization is structured, the, um, implementing that is fairly seamless or it's something that we do frequently in terms of having the gear and putting logistics in place. Uh, and so I, I think that's kind of where it was born. And then I would 
say that I agree totally as in terms of the in-person importance of doing things like this. And uh, this is a little bit of a side note, but as in this whole environment recently with COVID and, and um, people pivoting and trying to do things differently, I've had moments of frustration, in, um, internal frustration, thinking, you know, am I missing something? Am I missing some way that we can pivot at higher ground to do something online? But it just doesn't rest in, in my soul. I mean, that so much of what is important about what we do is the communal aspect of it and doing it face-to-face and in person. And it's hard to replicate what happens through that in a virtual platform. Uh, and so I think the in-person opportunity to, to come and learn skills uh, and, and gain confidence in your ability to go out and live and be outside compared with, or, or coupled with the ability to not just hear mindset coaching on a podcast or not just hear it um, you know, from reading a book or whatever, but to hear it in the moment where I'm struggling right now and to have someone like yourself be able to help coach in real time and you know does that yep. make sense yep so i think that's kind of um yeah the two aspects of where and, and i think there's um we can get into later but there's some things that are just intrinsic uh with going into the wilderness that happen that are really important and really needed for people and so this you know provides that opportunity as well yep totally brother yeah i think we're on the same page man and i think that um i think that the the values the, that, that we share very similar values with three of seven project and with higher ground. Um, so I think the values are, are in alignment. And then I think the, the cool thing, man, about this partnership for the basic course between three of seven project and higher ground is that, so I have a certain set of skills. I have a certain uh, strong point. And, and then you have on the flip side, you have a totally di- a different set of skills that I'm actually looking forward to learning from you along this journey, man. Because so in the outdoors, in the wilderness, my training as a SEAL, man, it was, and we talked about it the other day, you know, I was, we were always mission focused. So we were moving uh, vast distances across terrain and then we would lay up. Uh, you know, sometimes only for a few hours and catch a cat nap. Right. Man, we weren't ever concerned about being comfortable. We were never concerned about being <laughs> comfortable out there um, out there in, in the wilderness where we were operating, wherever that, wherever that was in the world. It was literally we were thinking about keeping a low profile, mm-hmm. um, getting some rest, and then, and then being able to pack up and move quickly. Right. So uh, I was talking to Nathan the other day about, um, I guess, the curriculum that, that we've ginned up here for the basic course. And uh, he was joking, talking about cooking some brownies. I was like, <laughs> you're talking about you're going to cook some brownies out, out, in the, out in the wilderness? I've never done that before. So I am looking forward to, how, to, learn, to learn from Nathan how to cook some brownies out in the wilderness and actually be comfortable for once okay yeah, come on. yeah so i'm fired up about that um i want to talk real quick man about the name the basic course um i think that this this course this curriculum that we're putting out for everybody i think that it could have been named a hundred different things it, it could have been named um you know because there's a lot of words that represent what this course is it's it's not only is it a reset it's it's a hard reset for us as instructors 
and for the students that come and participate in the basic course. It's a good place just to reset your mindset, to reset, um, to get away from technology for a while, reset your thinking, everything, your, your natural clock, um, everything about the way you tick. I think, it, I think it's a, a place where people uh, can emerge out of the current situation that we've all been in for the last two to three months, okay? So this is almost, to me, like an emergence out of that um, place of just being cooped up, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so there's, there's all, and you probably have some more words that, you know, you, you, that would go along with it. Um, and all those were great descriptive words, but why did, why did we settle on the basic course? because of simplicity. I love simplicity and simplicity. And, and I know you do too, Nathan. Yeah. And, and especially in the wilderness, man, simplicity is key. And um, so that's why we named this, this uh, the basic course is because it's just, it sticks with that, um, that, that uh, I guess, principle of simplicity that you will see applied throughout the mission that we go on during the basic course. Um, so that to me is the simplicity is the, the, the key with the name. What do you think about that, Nathan? Yeah, I was thinking um, this morning just about the nature of, uh, of going into the wilderness and what is it, you know, trying to put words to what happens intrinsically. And there's a, I think of it in terms of it reduces life to the lowest common terms, if that makes sense, or, or it makes things really simple. And in the day-to-day, uh, our day-to-day existence, we can or things can become overcomplicated, uh, whether it's of our, our own doing or not. But in the wilderness, it's, it's, things are just really pure and there's no pretense. And, you know, if there's a mountain that needs to be climbed, the objective is you've got to get there. It doesn't really matter how you feel about it or what else is going on if you need to cross a river that it's just really plain the obstacles and kind of what, how your day shapes up. Um, is really based around what are my objectives and what stands between me and the in those objectives and it's and things are presented to you in a way that in, in my mind are are, are very um, straightforward in such a way that some time in the wilderness then uh, I think allows me to come back and simplify um, my existence out of the wilderness in a productive way and, and helps me I, I guess get out of my own head and and um, is one way of thinking and, and maybe it's a force for the trees analogy sometimes uh, with with life in the front country. There's just so much going on that we can't see the force for the trees. And stepping away from that and gaining some perspective um, then helps us come back and, and live differently. So I think, yeah, you know, last we talked, we didn't know. I didn't know what the name was going to be. That's perfect. I think yeah, it sums yeah. it up. Yeah, man, I just I, I just really felt adamant about sticking with that that simplicity. I knew you would appreciate that, and um, by no means is it going to be a to- the, the the skills that we're learning are not are not necessarily. We will learn basic skills, but we're going to go above and beyond those basic skills. Right. Um, and when it comes to mindset, and and then when it comes to gear and the actual act of being out in the wilderness and being comfortable uh you guys are going to get to see a true professional nathan hicks do his thing so um all right guys so 
that's a little bit i guess we just jumped into this i mean we really i mean we just dove in we haven't even told you guys what the basic course is i guess we've given you a little upfront about uh kind of um uh what the mindset is behind it why we created it why the name is what it is um i hope that's all clear so um, essentially, what is the basic course? And I guess we should start, when is the basic course? That's a good question. Uh, June, I remember it's in June. What are the dates for it? Uh, do you have them written down? Well, I got them in my phone right there. Yeah, I got too. them on my calendar on my phone, but I don't have them written down. I can get close to it. Hold on. I can operate technology. That sounds right. So we got we got one course day yeah. in June. June twelfth uh, through the fourteenth. Yep. And then July uh, is the tenth. Yep, tenth through the twelfth. So about a month apart. Um, we felt like a weekend made it accessible and uh, and reduced the requirement of missing a bunch of work and yep being out of pocket for a long time. Yep. So, all right, there's the dates for the two basic courses that we're putting out there, guys. Again, this is only, we're only running, um, we're only running right now two courses. This is only going to be, this is limited to 16 people, okay? Um, so, this is going to be a, two very small groups, eight people per group um, each trip. Right. So, this is, this is going to be very limited. Um, and uh, again, that's by design because we want to be able to have that, that intimate one-on-one conversation with each and every individual there. Um, so those are the dates. Um, as far as um, the actual course content, man, um, we, have, uh, we, we did uh, get us a timeline, tentative timeline and itinerary um, typed up for, I guess, what we want to expect to accomplish, dude, I just burped into the <laughs> microphone. <laughs> for what, for what we want to expect to accomplish uh, with you guys during the basic course, we do have this uh, timeline ginned up. Uh, but one of the cool things about being out in the wilderness, man, is um, is timelines. You don't always meet these timelines, right? Right. Um, so one of the coolest things I think, one of the coolest elements of the basic course is we are actually going to a location that I have never been to, a wilderness area that I've never been to, and it's been decades since Nathan has been there. Yeah, um, which is which to me really makes this just a very unique experience, not only for me but for you guys that come along for this mission. Okay, um, because you guys are going to get to see how. I and how Nathan and how Blake, you're going to get to see how we make decisions on the fly, okay? We're going to be in a new environment, just like you. We're going to be breaking new ground and experiencing new terrain, new trails, new views, all of that right there alongside you guys. We're not going to go scout this place out. It, that's on purpose, that's on purpose. It's because we want to experience this with you, and we want you guys to not only see how we make decisions in the wilderness under stress, but we want you guys to be part of those decisions, okay? So that's the reason. What's the location, Nathan, and what can you tell us about the location, man? It's in, do you want to get real specific? or, or uh, It's Western North Carolina. Um, it's a wilderness area that's uh, got really... I mean, when you think of one spot that has the best of what the Southeast has to offer, I, I 
say that you have a hard time beating this. So you've got uh, these really dense um, Appalachian forests that uh, have even some virgin um, timber that's never been cut. And, and in that, these watersheds with you know, big mountain creeks. Uh, and then you're able to, in the same area, climb to a ridgeline that's above 5,000 feet, which is in our part of the country is a, is a high ridgeline. Uh, and get to a 360-degree view, which there there aren't many of those places in the southeast um, without getting on a tower or something. And it boasts one of the, you know, I don't, I don't put a lot of stock in, in uh, titles, but it does boast a, a trail that is said to be one of the hardest in the region, if not the country. No uh, kidding, man. So a pretty wild area. I mean, it, yeah. there's, um, there are pockets of the wilderness area that get, um, get a lot of use and a lot of access and will come in from a different side and not that we won't see people, but it will, it'll be a, a pretty remote and pretty private, um, time should be. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't wait to explore that place, man. The, and what's the difference between a wilderness area and like a national park? Yeah. So, uh, the national forest is kind of a big, big designation and a wilderness area is inside, uh, of national forests. And it is a designation that, um, that Congress gives that, protects that area and the idea is to keep it as pristine as possible to provide for um, citizens uh, an area where they can go and have a wilderness experience um, free from uh, a lot of man-made intervention so you know typically there aren't aren't trail blazes uh, along the trail there often be signs at intersections although that's not always the case and should there be uh, any any maintenance done in those areas it's done with hand tools and um you know they don't bring chainsaws or or motors that make noise so there's a a distinct effort to reduce um you know man's impact on that in a way that um that has a negative impact on people that would be using the area so our our objective is to take you to the wildest of wild places guys that's right um and it's it's going to be real um, so a lot of you guys might be asking a lot of you guys that maybe aren't like seasoned backpackers, uh, maybe you guys have never done a overnight, um, or multi-day backpacking trip. Um, you know, we got you covered. One of the coolest parts about partnering with higher ground is, um, Nathan actually has enough gear to outfit the class. We have enough gear to outfit eight individuals, uh, to go out on this trip. Basically all you guys, if you're selected to come out and participate with us at the basic course, um, we have you covered when it comes to gear. Basically all you're going to have to bring is some minimal clothing items and some supplementary food. Um, if you guys do come out and, and, uh, and participate in this mission, of course, we're going to provide you with a, um, a mandatory gear list. Um, we're going to provide you with, um, you know, suggestions when it comes to nutrition, um, and that type of stuff. Okay. But we got you covered. If you, we, we actually, I actually want people that don't go on multi-day trips, right. multi-day missions all the time. I want people that you, you know, now you'll need to be physically fit. We'll, we'll probably end up covering, uh, on Saturday, I would say somewhere around 12, maybe a little over 12 miles. Now, that's, that doesn't sound like much, but I'm going to tell you right now, in some of these wilderness areas, in some of this terrain, um, to cover 12 miles, that, that's a 14-hour day. Right. It, it depends. We, we don't know. Again, we're, we don't know what this, 
what these trails look like at this time. It's been decades since Nathan's been out there to see them. But, um, you know, you'll need to be physically fit, undoubtedly. Yeah. You don't have to be an ultra marathon runner. Um, but guess what? You got to have a little grit. And right. guess what? We're going to teach you. I'm going to sit down with you and teach you ways that are going to help you build grit and tenacity and that never quit, never ring the bell mentality. That is my goal out there, man, is to impart everything that I have to every individual that chooses to come out and be a part of the basic course. When you leave there, I want you to have every mindset, skill, trick, whatever you want to call it, every tool that I have. And I know Nathan feels the same way when it comes to he is he Nathan's going to be teaching you guys a lot of practical skills again, how to be comfortable out there, how to cook some brownies <laughs> on a 5000 foot ridge in the middle of a wilderness area. I mean it's just going to be it's going to be amazing, but a uh, man I drifted we got you covered on gear yeah. if you're not a super, you know, uh, multi-day backpacker. Um, that way you don't have to go out and make a huge, you know, three, four, five thousand dollar investment in gear prior to the trip. Um, we got you covered down on that. So um, uh, walk us through, walk us through what you visualize an average day mm -hmm. looking like in the basic course. And talk about some skills that you want to portray to the members, Nathan. Okay. I think you know, skill-wise, uh, as we said earlier, one of our goals would be that a, uh, a participant at the end of this trip feels comfortable um, saying, hey, you know what? I want to buy my gear. This is something I like, and I want to invest in it, and I want to do it. And now I feel like I know what I'm doing, and, and I've – seen some tricks and I, I know you know not just what some joker on um on youtube told me to do but i've kind of seen it and and more than that i've experienced and i've i've practiced setting up a tent this way or setting up a tarp or hanging food uh and so you, the confidence that comes in doing and then getting uh instant feedback and then doing it again the next night and doing it better so um skills like how do you what's the best way to pack a pack and consider uh, how do I protect my, my gear and my clothing from the elements? Um, what do I think about when I set up a camp and, um, in terms of where do I look and, um, how uh, am I concerned with, uh, with animals and bears and things like that? What are, uh, how do I cook on a stove? How do I treat water? Just the, the things that come from day to day, just these are the, they're simple, but they're required and you've got to do them and do them well. Uh, and then some little things about how do I travel effectively in a group and what are, um, you know, how do I cross rivers and creeks safely? What are different methods there? How do I preserve energy over the course of a long day? Uh, what are little tips and tricks? How do I negotiate obstacles in, tra in the trail? And how do I read a topo map? You know, really hands-on practical things would be one, a, a major component of the trip. And, and we'll start that right out of the gate at the trailhead saying, you know, essentially everyone pull your bag out dump your gear and let's go through uh, the mandatory items that you brought as well as the items that you'll be issued uh, per person and then the the group gear that we take so you know right out of the gates we'll begin um, teaching these hard skills and getting people comfortable with the things that they have to do and then the other piece that that you and I talked about would be kind of bookends to the day that we would start the day with uh, what we just 
call focus. And that, that'd be a time of, um, having some solitude in the wilderness to, um, to read and journal and pray and, um, you know, do what you need to do to start the day right and be prepared. And then on the back end of the day, um, you know, essentially coming together as a small community and debriefing the day and talking about lessons learned, um, talking about ways, the things that we experienced in the day and what that brought up. And so I think there presents an opportunity there to, to learn not only from, from you, but from one another and um, from the experiences that we, I guess, as, how we relate to the common experience as individuals. And so that would be the bookends of the day and would kind of, you know, be a, di- a different piece than the hard skill stuff. Yep. I love, dude, I love the, the structure of the day. Literally, the learning is never going to stop. The right. instruction is never going to stop because that is, that is the reality of being out there in the wilderness. So from the front, right off the bat at the trailhead, when we step off on this mission, before we step off on this mission, the instruction is going to start. I love those, those, those landmarks at the beginning of the day, getting in that routine out there, figuring out your routine, if you don't already have one, of what do I need to do? What can I try this morning to really prepare myself for a hard day? Okay, see, all this stuff is transferable into the things that you're going to learn out here during the basic course. This is all transferable into your real life. That's why we're doing this, okay? Um, So that's giving you time to where you can be intentional to figure out what you can do to prepare you mentally for a hard day, okay? And then there at the end of the day, when we get to come together, we get to have our after actions report at the end of every day where we talk about, okay, we, these are the things that, that we struggled with. This is we, we can bounce them off of one another. This is where I'm going to sit down with you guys and teach you um, a, spe- a specific lesson at the end of each of these days, okay? I don't know what those lessons are. I want to get a feel for the group. I want to get a feel for what the what the struggle is, um, where where the shortfalls are. I want to look in each of those eight individuals' eyes and see what's going on behind those eyes, and I'll be formulating that lesson for the end of the day, man. And uh, it's just going to be a powerful, life-changing event. This is an investment. This is an investment for whoever chooses to come and participate, okay? This is something that you are going to be able to now take with you, not only the practical skills, but the mindset portion for the rest of your life, and it will change your life. Um, yeah, we, you and I have talked through uh, over the last uh, few months just checking in and and it's not a it's no exaggeration to say you know based on how i wilderness has just become a framework through which i view the world and so as i experience challenges day to day be it with um with work or with family or um you know whatever I, i can't escape viewing the world through the lens of lessons i've learned in the wilderness and so whether it's um how to persevere whether it's how to make decisions and so I think participants will leave with that ability to say, you know, this is not unlike what I experienced on the basic course. And what did I do there? What were the things that I, that I learned? And then be able to apply those lessons in the day-to-day. 
100%, brother. And you guys have also heard me say before, um, I believe that um, resiliency comes from being a multi-dimensional person, okay? that a, a lot of the reason why Navy SEALs are so resilient is because we are so multi-dimensional. I can jump out of an airplane at 20,000 feet. I can dive 100 feet deep under the ocean. I can... I can hit a village or an urban environment and do close quarters combat. I can conduct land warfare operations. I can do demolitions. I can do a little bit of sniping. I can do breaching. I can, I can operate a radio. Um, I can do medical. I can save lives. I can do all these things. And that's what makes us so resilient, okay? It, it, and this is an opportunity, not only for you guys to learn a new skill, but to become more resilient because you're going to learn something. And see, the more skills that you acquire, the more skills that you learn, the more things that you soak up, okay? When life throws stuff at you, if you've acquired all these different skills, you're, you're a multi-dimensional human being, you can accomplish the mission, okay? You have to be multi-dimensional, and that's how you push through when, when life's throwing all this crazy stuff at you, dude, your car breaks down. You need to know a little bit about how to work on an engine, okay? You get a flat tire, you need to know a little bit about that. You get lost out in the woods, you need to know how to handle that. Um, you want to take your son or your daughter out on, on, a, on a trip, on a, you know, like it's not, not, not too dissimilar from the basic school. You need to know how to do that. This is all, this is all a way to make you a more resilient human being. That's what it's... Yeah. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, if you guys can't tell, I'm fired up <laughs> about this. Um, I believe in this. I believe in this 150% that this is the way. <laughs> Look, I've been asked to write a book. I've been asked to do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I, 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 don't, I don't do that. I want to spend face-to-face -face intimate time with each of the 16, eight and eight per class, eight per class, each of those 16, you, 16 individuals, and then it spreads from there. Then you become the teacher. Then you're on your journey to becoming the master, okay? You become the teacher, Um. Dude, I could freaking talk about this <laughs> all day. I'm so excited about this. I could talk about it all day, literally, man. Do you think we covered enough? I, th I mean, I think it gives it enough of the information. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to sure tell people, people where to go know. to reach yeah. out and all that, okay? Yeah. I mean, I think you get the gist of it. it um, we got a lot of comments on on here, man. Uh, people are fired up about this, dude. Good. I'm, yeah. I'm excited. It'll, uh, you know... I. We talk a lot in perseverance about you only learn to persevere by putting yourselves in situations where you have no choice but to persevere. And so from even, you know, we know each other a little bit, but I'm excited to be in a situation where we've got to persevere and to learn from you. And, you know, what better way to, to, be, to learn how to do that than from someone that has got it dialed in? A hundred percent. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it is going to be amazing, guys. Um, 
So if you are interested in signing up for the basic course, by the way, this is not, this is not a, fr a free course, okay? Again, we're providing the gear. We're providing all the, the food. We're, we're providing, all, basically all you got to do is show up uh, at the location, at the proper time, ready to train. Yep. Ready to train, ready to learn. That's all that you have got to do, okay? If you want more information, if you want to throw your name in the hat to participate in the basic course, again, this is only 16 slots. Uh, I'm imagining that this will probably sell out today. Um, so if you want to throw your name in the hat, please send a email to three of seven events. That's the number three of the number seven events at gmail.com. Okay, what I want you to do is I want you to send that email and I want the subject line to say the basic course. That's it. Why am I telling you what to put in the sub subject line? Because I want to see if you can follow directions. <laughs> it's an, it's an, an, an initial test for you guys. So again, send an email to three of seven events. That's the number three of the number seven events at gmail.com. Subject line, I want you to write the basic course. And in that email, I want to get to know you. I want you to give me basically the five W's, who you are, um, what you do for a living, uh, where you're coming from, and uh, why do you why do you want to be a part of this? Why do you want to come and and and, uh, and learn from us? Um, you know, that's what I want. Five W's. Again, subject line: the basic course. A lot of you guys may wonder why when I have an event. I just don't get with an events company and have a link on my website that somebody can go and click and register. Okay, I don't do that. That's not my style. See, see the way I do it, it takes a lot more time. It takes a lot more effort because I'm going to read every single 5W that everyone sends me to 3 of 7 events at Gmail. And then I have to choose from those however many I have to choose 16 people. So I got to read every one of those bios, and then I, I have to follow up with you guys. I have to send you an invoice individually. I have to follow up with you, let you know you're selected. I have to provide you with the documentation, the timeline, the gear list, the whole nine yards. Okay, but I do that because this course is so close to my heart. I believe in this so much that I want to get to know each and every one of you, each and every one of those 16, I want to get to know you guys on a personal level. So that's the reason that, that we don't just go and create a link that you can uh, click and, um, you know, sign up. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's, the, that's our thought process behind, um, uh, I guess this, the the registration process for the basic course again. It start. This is a personal thing. So from for, right off the bat, it needs to be personal. It's not just a link to click and register. You yeah, know it kind of I mean? mirrors the intent. Yeah. Of the course and then the way it's going to be run. A hundred percent. So yeah, again, if you want to sign up for the basic course, three of seven events at gmail dot com. Subject line. 
the basic course. Uh, to give you a date preference. Give me the five W's. Yes, yes, that's a really good. In that, in that five W's, give me the date preference that you either the June dates or the July dates. That's a good idea, man. Good deal. Perfect. All right, so, um, dude, a lot of these people are probably wondering. Um, all right, so a lot. So I was reading some comments. We got some good comments on there. Um, all right, a lot of people are a lot. You guys know me. I'm a former SEAL, 12 years Navy SEAL. Yeah, I've been wilderness guy quite. I you know all the the whole nine yards. I was an instructor. I was a teacher, a SEAL instructor. I was an instru- a private instructor for a, a contracted company called Blackwater. I'm a teacher, man. I'm a teacher. I mean, my resume is freaking two miles long when it comes to teaching. Um, that is my passion. But a lot of people don't know you on an intimate level, Nathan, and they're thinking, some of these people are probably thinking, well, why Nathan? Um, you know, why, uh, you know, why does, uh, why has Chad chose Nathan as a, as a partner on this, on this um, basic course? And first of all, uh, let me give you a little third-party credibility, All right. and then you can okay, – because that's the best. So I have spent uh, – since I moved back here to Georgia, uh, God put Nathan and I in contact with each other. And I've been blessed to be able to spend time and stay in touch with Nathan um, on, a, on, a, on a regular basis, okay? And um, first of all, Nathan is solid. From a wilderness backpacking teaching uh, skills standpoint, but even further than that, he is solid on a mentality standpoint. Um, when I when we did the long day in the Cahutta, Nathan planned that trip. I never even looked at the map. I never questioned him. I never did anything because I trusted him that much. Um, I didn't need to know where we were going, when we were getting there, how to get back. I didn't need to know any of that because I trusted. I, had to, I, I would have known how to get back to the vehicle if an emergency would have happened. I knew enough about it to do that, okay? But, but I trusted Nathan enough to, to plan this mission, and, uh, and he pulled it off flawlessly, man. Um, so beyond my personal opinion and that third-party credibility that I can give Nathan, he has his own resume that can back him up, okay? So Nathan has through-hiked the Appalachian Trail. Dude, I, I want to dig into that so bad. Um, he's also, dude, you, you got to give us some of your background on higher ground um, he's been leading trips similar to this for how long, Nathan? This is our 13th year. Third, and then, so over a decade, man. Yeah, and then we, uh, I worked for another organization doing it prior to, to higher ground. So he is a seasoned teacher. He is a seasoned instructor when it comes to the wilderness. He has the, the qualifications, you know, way far and beyond what my expectations would even be. Nathan exceeds those. So um, that's my thing on Nathan. Uh, first of all, brother, I, if there's anything that you want to add, feel free. And if not, I want to talk a little bit about the AT. 
Yeah, I would. Um, I take the Kincaid whirl approach when I talk about myself. I'm just not that good at it. Uh, but, you know, I grew up, I went backpacking for the first time at, in fifth grade. And, and I didn't know at the time that it would become uh, such an important thing for me. But as I got older and older and, uh, and, and wanted to do it more, trips like that became the, the primary catalyst by which I learned. I just, I grew as an individual and grew in my relationship with Christ. And so, um, you know, really we'll get into it with the AT, but that kind of became a, um, a launching point for me where I learned a lot about who God had made me to be and, and um, began to dream about ways of doing what we do in a full-time capacity. And, and at the beginning, I didn't really, I couldn't connect those dots. I didn't see a way that it would do it, but um Love being challenged physically and, and uh, what comes out of that. Um, I have a wife and kids, and so there's, uh, you know, there's that aspect of my life that's really full. My wife is a co-founder of Higher Ground, and we work together in it. Um, and I, right out of, I went to, to, uh, to seminary after hiking the AT, and, and immediately from that began doing the work similar to what we do at Higher Ground in another, another uh, organization before we started this. So... I don't know. I'm, I, we'll just let stuff come out as we talk. Yeah, man. So you said the AT was, I feel like, you, you know, you talked about how that was kind of uh, that catalyst and that place where it sounds like you learned so much about yourself, man. Um, and and I could only imagine that's a journey that I want to take personally uh, at some point in my life. Um, for well, first of all, you did it what in the nineties? Ninety seven. So no, no cell phones. No, no, was, no. You're like lined up at a payphone in town. No cell phones. Yeah. No mountain house meals. No, no. gut hook app. Uh, literally paper maps. Right. Um, payphones. I mean that that to me adds a whole other level. I mean we would almost nowadays we would almost call that. Uh, 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 self-supported or right, something, right? Man. Like that adds a whole other level of difficulty. A dude. Different day for sure. I yeah. mean, it was the norm then, so it was you know there was a little guidebook. Um, Wingfoot was the guy's trail name, so he put out a guidebook once once a year that updated what services each town had and um, kind of what options there were for hostels and whatnot. And that was it. There was you talking about there. a paper book? Yeah. <laughs> So that's awesome, dude. Yeah. I mean, I could, uh, I, 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 I miss those days, man. I mean, that sounds so cool to be able to have that experience in that time uh, when technology had not quite exploded the way that it has. Um, so, first of all, why, why, why did you launch off on that journey, man? It was, um, I th it started as a joke between a friend of mine and I. Um, you know, something that I was in. We were both in college and probably something happened that bugged me and I just thought, you know, that'd be great if we just left town and went hiking. And, and so over the course of about a year, we just, it kind of started as, oh, that, yeah, we should do that. And, in, and it begin, eventually it became a serious thing. We said, okay, well, let's do that in the spring. I was going to be finishing school and he was going to just take a semester off and we were going to do this thing. And there was no, it wasn't like a big profound, um, I'm going to go find myself. It was just, this sounds like a neat thing to do. I kind of have a natural, um, gap in, um, in before starting school in the fall that let's, why not? Let's go do it. And, uh, so we, we began planning and trying to find as much information as we could through, um, books people had written and every step, you know, every piece of information I could devour 
just fueled the fire more and more and I got really excited. And in December of that year, uh, the, you know, three months before we were supposed to leave, he called me during finals and he was like, Hey man, come by the house. So I came by and he, he just, he's a straight shooter. He said, I can't go. And he's like, look, I've, I've got to transfer to a different school in the fall. And if I miss the spring semester, it, it just goose me up. Like it's an irresponsible decision for me. And it, it kind of, you know, gave me pause. I'm a fairly risk averse person. And so, um, I can look back now and say, had we not planned the journey together, I probably would have never had the gumption at that point in my life to do it. Um, but by the time he said, you know, he made that call, it was, the decision was done for me. And so I gave it, you know, probably 24 hours of thinking, well, is there something else I want to do? Do I want to go be a, a ski bum and do something like that? And I didn't, that was, you know, my mind at that point, whether I knew it or not had already been, the decision had been made and my mind was headed that direction. So that's as, that's as much of a why it wasn't that I was probably 21 years old. There was not a lot of, um, there wasn't a lot of idealistic thinking going on. It just, I loved being outside and loved backpacking and had time in my life to do it and probably recognized that it wouldn't be an easy thing to do, yep. um, you know, for a while later. Yeah. And so jumped on it. That's awesome, brother. I, I want, I want to, if, if something stands out, I want a, a high and a low. I know that's a long, a long journey, yeah. man. And I know that there was probably a lot of peaks and a lot of valleys. Right. But is there any highs or lows that stand out? I think, you know, if it's really difficult to pick um, portions of the trail, I think if you can, uh, it's hard to articulate, but a high would just be the moments that you're able to step back and recognize um, that I'm doing this. Like this is, this is a, is an amazing experience and it's a gift to be able to do it. And even in the hardship of it, like it, it's amazing. And to think through, you know, I'm, I'm traversing, even now people say, have you ever been to, have you ever been to Maine? And I've only been there when I walked there, you know, I've, there are these portions of the state that I, I've been to that state, but only this little corridor of the trail. So to, I think even as I was doing it, I could recognize like, this is a, a special gift. Um, and it's just cool to think that I can, a person can walk that far and travel, um, just by the, by their own, own power and, um, so pretty much like that, that just when you, when you got to the point that you could stand back and just see the magnificence of that journey, right? you would, you would say that it's, was probably the highest high. Yeah. It gives some, it gives some satisfaction. Uh, and, and I think in that wrapped up in the, in that big high is, is all of the little things where you come across, um, a spot in the trail that just, you know, catches your attention and your imagination and, um, the glimpses of beauty or the glimpses of, uh, of interacting with people. And that kind of blows your mind, how kind they are to you. You know, all of that gets wrapped up into this big experience. That's the recognition of I'm getting to accomplish something that's cool. Um, but really more than, more than seeing it as a big accomplishment, it's just a gift to be able to do it. Uh, so yeah, definitely that, that would be, I know that I don't, I'm not trying to cop out on the question, but I think that's the high is, kind of the um the whole package when when at what point did you did you have that realization and that high point where you were like i'm actually doing this like did that take a while because i mean those first few steps on the trail you probably didn't feel like you're actually no, were doing this so when did you come to that place where you were actually able to kind of see that the grandness of that opportunity i would say probably 
a month in to six weeks in something, you know, the, the beginning's pretty surreal and you're, you're going through the motions, but you don't, you know, you just don't know enough about, you haven't had enough time on the trail to really, um, appreciate it. But once you've gotten far enough down the trail that people you started with aren't there anymore, they've quit and you realize, well, I'm like quitting hasn't crossed my mind at this point. And, and even before halfway, you just kind of find like I'm in the rhythm of this, I'm in the groove and you start to be able to, um, to recognize the big picture. At least for me, that's kind of how yeah. it was. Um, well, you, you told me a story, Nathan, about, uh, somebody, I think it was a, a phone call you had where, where somebody from the outside was actually talking to, made a comment, yeah, yeah. like he's actually doing this. And you, you told me how that kind of made you feel and how you processed that. Can right. you share that with us? Mike? Yeah, there were a couple of them. There was one, I remember getting to, to halfway and, you know, you come to a town and wait your line at the payphone and kind of run down the list of people you want to call. And one was, um, someone and I was, Hey, how far are you? And, and by that point, and people that know me, I've been out of town. I've been gone from home for a while. And they said, well, that's good. How far have you made it? And you think, well, you say I've, I've made it halfway. And they're like, it kind of sinks into them that Nathan's been gone a long time and he's still only halfway done. Um, so it's, that was funny. The one that I think you and I talked about, uh, I, I talked to a friend and he said, yeah, some of us were talking about you this week. Um, someone was asking where you were in the journey. And, uh, and when I told him said, you know, you're at that point, I was over halfway and their response was, Oh, I think he's actually going to make it. And I, it just struck me like, why wouldn't I make it? You know, I'm not short of being physically unable to, why would I set out on something that I don't intend to make? And I don't, you know, the person wasn't, um, there weren't, there was no ill intention. Yeah. That was just their natural response was, Oh, I think he's actually going to do this. Yeah. Um, but in my mind, it was not, again, why would I start something that I don't think I can finish? Mm-hmm. It didn't cross my mind. And we would, uh, there was a couple that I spent a lot of time hiking with. And there were, there were stages, uh, you know, you just kind of get a little bit of a, not a dark humor, but on days that are tough, you, we would used to daydream about like, what if I, what if I could just get hurt enough that I had to leave the trail? <laughs> not so hurt that it was, you know, something serious, but just knowing that we didn't really want that to happen. Yeah, it just yeah. kind of gets the, gets you through the miles. Yeah. So essentially, essentially that whole mindset, man, of, of taking quitting off the table and being serious about, um, about your goals and about your intentions and not being lackadaisical about that. Sounds like that almost confused a lot of people. Like A little bit. Like, yeah. you know, and, and, and really, like, so those, those, couple, those couple's things – you know, that, that take quitting off the table and being serious about your goals and your intentions of completing your goals, being serious about that. Dude, that's just woven into the fibers of, of our being. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, a, a comment like that would have caught me off guard the same way that it caught you off guard. Like, well, what's, what's this guy talking about? But, but I, I think that those things are not as common in other individuals and society as we might think they are. Right. But the beautiful thing about that is, is those skills can be taught. Okay. Like I get asked all the time, man, like, um, are you born with this, this level of grit and this level of don't die in the chair? Like, are you born with that? Answer is no. 
I was taught those things mm-hmm. by, by other individuals. I was taught those things through experiences um, that, that I've had in life. But yeah, man, those experiences can be taught. That's awesome, man. Any lows, man? Uh, it would be the, a similar answer. I don't think the lows would, would come at any one, um, one spot, but it would be the moments where you're just, for me, and, and guys, people relate to it differently. One of the things I deter, I've realized about myself is that I'm really task-oriented. And so on the trail, I fell into a rhythm um, really without, without wanting to or, or setting out to. Like mileage was my focus. And so if I had a mileage objective for the day, it was difficult for me to lay around camp in the morning. It was kind of like up and out. Let's, let's do 10 miles by 10 in the morning. When it's hot, I'll take a nap in the middle of the day and then you know knock out. And so um, that routine and, and being task-oriented was a thing that I, that I learned about myself. So the mornings um, where is you wake up and it's just pouring rain and you're like, I don't, I don't really want to deal with what I'm about to have to deal with. But I, at the end of the day, I want to be where I'm planning on being. Um, or, or particular moments in a day where the miles seem a lot more difficult than the map showed them to be. And you're like, this elevation profile on this thing was wrong. Um, and so expectations are different or reality is different from expectations and, and the rub that happens there and um, the mental battles that come from it and, and just being, you know, the duration of it. And there are definitely moments along the way that it kind of weighs on you and you just think like, I don't want I'm not going to quit, but it'd be nice if things weren't how they are right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, and two, man, when you were going, when, when you were going along this journey, dude, were there, were there ever times that you might have let like the big picture creep in and it kind of overwhelm or say it was a really nasty day or something and you were like, oh my gosh, I got freaking three more months of days like this. Like, did you, did you, did you get, ever get to a point where you really had to break it down? I mean, did you utilize that at all out on the trail? Yeah, absolutely. We would, in my mind, it became um, a series of, uh, for the people that romanticized the AT, and, and there were people out there that approached the trail much differently than me. But so just from my experience, it became really a series of like week-long trips. You know, how far to the next town, how far to the next, so it's just a matter of kind of putting the next thing out there that you need to pull you to it. Yeah. And then having the discipline and the willpower to leave town, uh, when, you know, leaving town, your backpack is heavier and you're usually going uphill. And so you've just eaten a bunch of pizza and ice cream and now you got to leave all those comforts <laughs> behind. But it, so it's like kind of, okay, what's the next thing? So always just putting what's the, what's something that's close enough in the future that I can set my sights on it and just get to that thing. That, that became the way, that I approached things hands down. And so there on the really hard days, I'm not really worried about town. I'm just like, okay, what's I'm camping. I'm going to get to this spot and camp yep. and then and this day's done. And yep. then I'll get up and tomorrow's a different day. That's awesome, brother. Yep. And I can only imagine that's, so, so I, I kind of view that challenge, like something like the AT. I mean, that's a, basically around about a six month process. How long did it take you, Nathan? About five months. About the, five. Yep. Okay. So yeah, it, overall, I'd say overall average, maybe six months. And so I kind of look compare, that's a comparable to SEAL training, man. SEAL training was six months long, at least Bud's was the basic portion of it. 
And um, I know that was something that I had to use every day is breaking that day down into little micro segments. And the harder it got, the smaller I had to break it down. Right. And I've always thought when I go on that journey on the AT, it's going to be those same type of uh, – I guess I guess mindset hacks, you know, to, right. to be able to to eat that elephant, man. And then I think, I mean, in there, it's important to realize you get. Uh, I can get so focused, concentrating on on adversity and mindset that you forget in that in that process. There are these things that happen that are just pure fun. I mean, you yeah. know, the moments that we we rented a ski boat at this place in Rangeley, Maine. It's like a group of us hiked into town to pick up um pick up mail and we're like hey why don't we just rent a ski boat for a few hours and so we're skiing and then that night we hike back out to the trail and um and, and kind of get back to it but there's these moments that are kind of you know um i mean almost dumb in a way that you're doing this you're doing having this experience inside of a through hike or inside of whatever yeah. uh so it's not all even when you're persevering it's not all miserable amen to that brother just living life <laughs> dude right. All right, I'm going to try to get this um, live video back up because I don't want anybody to – I think there's some valuable stuff in here that we're going to talk about. So let me get this back going again. And uh, – all right, sweet. All right, guys, we're back up on Instagram Live. Sorry, it cut us off at an hour, but we're back up on here. We Nathan and I were just talking about his experience on the Appalachian Trail. We talked about how he – really was able to break that that trail down in that sixth six month long mission and able to accomplish his goal so we talked about the highs um, the highs being basically when he got to the point a couple months in that he could look at the 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 whole vista that he could see the the journey and the perspective and think man I'm actually doing this and that realization, when he got to that point along his journey, when he could say, man, I'm actually, I have the opportunity and I'm actually going to complete this mission. That was that high point for him. And then the, um, we, we went over a few low points and uh, we talked about that phone call, man, that, that you had and, and how people thought it was strange that you set off on a journey and you had, you were serious about your intentions and uh, you had no really option to quit or to go back. Right. Um, so, I mean, that's awesome. I know we could dig into that and just pick that journey apart and spend freaking three hours, man. Yeah, it, it, there's, a lot, there's a lot to it. A lot of, um, yeah, a lot of experience, little experiences wrapped up in the big thing for sure. Yeah. Um, so I want to I wanna transition real quick into, uh, into higher ground. I want to talk about, uh, and I think this is important, um, especially for the people that are going to come out to the basic school to understand what higher ground is and uh, understand what you've been doing for the last 13 years, man. Yeah. Um, just the foundations of it, um, I guess the mission portion of it, and uh, what it is and what it means to you, man. Okay. Um, I, I would say if we went back to the beginning of it, you know, before it even started, um, my wife and I kind of both realizing in school and in, in seminary kind of how we were made to be and the way we wanted to interact with people and, and try to honor Christ with our lives. And we both kind of came to, um, to that idea of interacting with people in a little bit of a non-traditional uh, approach. So she, she kind of came from an education and uh, in a, going overseas and missions approach. And I kind of had come from this uh, approach of 
really having so much of my life impacted by um, experiences like being outside and doing those things. And so we began to explore what could we do that kind of combined that. And, uh, and we realized as we talked that we wanted to do something that engaged people and gave them the opportunity to be transformed. And so from a, uh, from a biblical standpoint, you know, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says not to be conformed to the patterns of the word, world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we wanted to kind of camp out on that. What does it look like to be transformed? And the reality is that it looks different for you than it does for me. And it's a, uh, a process. And so anytime you're intersecting um, uh, in the life of a person, you're intersecting with them at, at a, wherever they are in that process. Yeah. So what can we create that engages them at that spot and helps them kind of move forward? And gives them the opportunity. Right. There's so much that to unpack out of what you just said, man. Right. Like you creating that opportunity like that's what that's what the world needs the world that's what i think and that's what people now want to invest their time and money mm -hmm. into is going and being part of that opportunity that people have created in order for them to have a place to be transformed right wherever they're at in life there's a lot in that it's, yeah it's, i love that it's dense and so she had the um the especially the educational expertise to kind of figure out how we um how we approach things developmentally when we're working with young kids and kind of how to build some of the structure behind what we offer. Uh, and, and so we thought, well, we're coming at it from the perspective of being believers. But as we begin to talk about, we're going to, people can change um, the trip length and what they do. And there's so many different variables that we're allowing to be adjusted because of, um, of an effort to meet people where they are that it seemed really artificial for us to say, we're going to just offer this to Christians. And so we created an organization where we aim to honor Christ in the things that we do and work with whoever um, we are given the opportunity to work with. And I've thought of a, a couple of different ways of, of saying the same thing. I, every now and then I kind of come back and say, how can, how can we better say what it is that we do? And there's a kid that came on a trip. He came on two trips a number of years back. And the first, they were with a, a partner, another partner organization. And the first trip was a voluntary trip at that year. And they're their um their structure and it was an overnight backpacking trip and he signed up and i remember hearing that his parents asked him you know hey are you are you sure you want to do this because it doesn't seem like something that you would like he said i, I want to do it and so we went out and it's a, it was a short hike overnight trip kind of um a pretty quick deal and early in the trip he's just howling and just miserable and letting everyone know and uh, I remember being struck by that and, and asking him, you know, why did you come out here? What did you want to do? And he wanted, he had a picture of mind of who he wanted to be. He wanted to be the type of person that does this. So he had the willingness to sign up and he just was miserable and probably didn't have the skills. Uh, he wasn't someone that had the mindset dialed in, I'd put it that way. So the next year comes around and he's got to do a week-long trip on the AT, much longer, much harder, just a, a much bigger deal. And I got to the, the pleasure of, of leading his trip. And he would kind of have this point in every day where he would just break down and lose it. And he'd scream at the other, at their kids <laughs> in the group and just, you know, he just kind of had his moment. And, um, there was a, a spot on the last day where he had done that. And, uh, he was like, I'm not going anywhere. Else. I'm, I'm not hiking anymore. <laughs> so it was just, that doesn't work out yeah, there. does it? I just stopped with him and said, you know, look, look first, I have been where you are. Like I've been in enough discomfort that I just wanted to sit down and cry. 
I have not wanted, like, I, I understand what you're feeling, but let's just sit back and examine our options. We can camp in the trail right here, which just means we got to hike further in the morning. Um, we don't have the option of being rescued. A helicopter's not coming. A van, yeah. you know, like, uh, not setting off the PLB right, because right. you decided you didn't want to walk anymore. <laughs> right. I've had the same thing happen to on a trip that I really? led one time, man. Yeah. And so I said, the other option is we just hang out here for a while and, and then hike to camp later. We can send the group on or like just take some water, kind of catch your breath and let's just move. Like we're at that point, we're less than an hour from camp and it's just that it, things get hard at the end. And so we, we pushed through and he would have this way of once things had settled down and we would have our evening meeting at night, he would kind of go around and just apologize to the group for, I'm so sorry, you know, but what he represents to me is as someone that wants to close the gap between who he is in the moment and who he is made to be and who he longs to be. And I think the opportunity that's presented in adventure and in, in the wilderness creates that opportunity. Yep. And, and then I think in, as we get older, for whatever reason, I think I sent you this quote a while back. There's a quote, and I don't have it in front of me, but it essentially says that that adults get lulled into this complacency of uh, of kind of a, a middle or upper class existence, and we we have a habit of removing obstacles as we are able when we get older. So to kids, we say, you know, that's good for you. You should go do that. And then as we get older, we say, well, I've done that, or I don't. We kind of live off nostalgia and memories of. Oh, I remember our. I've done X, Y, and Z, but we quit growing in the moment. Mm -hmm. And so I think in, in any case, whether you're young or old, you're always presented with that opportunity to say, this is how I am now. This is either, uh, you know, there's a gap between who I want to be, who I think scripture says I should be, who I know I'm able to be, however you want to approach it. Mm. And, and the opportunity to address that gap, I, I feel like most often comes through adversity kind of facing your own shortcomings and saying okay i'm gonna this is worth it enough to fight through this and do some hard things not not just hard external actions but hard work internally to change the things that need to be changed yeah so we wanted to create an organization that gave people the opportunity to do those things um from someone who was you know really adverse to even being in that environment creating day single day opportunities to someone who you know, is more dialed in and more um, at a spot where they want to take a bigger bite to do some backcountry stuff and more extended trips. Yep. Yeah. So that's, that's well, kind of my meandering. Man, I, and that by no means is that meandering. And I think, you know, that really, that, that statement right there is creating an, that opportunity for somebody to close the gap between who they are and who they are want to be the, the picture of themselves the person that they want to be or or they feel like they're called to be like you know that right there dude like that is the basic course that's what that's essentially that's what you've been doing and, mm -hmm. and that's what so that 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 is just solidify should solidify for everyone listening why this partnership has happened man um because that there's there's very few people that are providing those opportunities in a real way with qualified individuals where you know you're receiving sound information from battle-tested instructors right um you know what i mean so i mean what an amazing mission for higher ground dude i mean and so that's that's essentially the mission 
what is it what is it developed into what have you guys been able to accomplish over the years and how's it changed you and how's it changed others man i mean yeah i think i'll start with the with the how it's changed me i think um someone said early on a mentor probably early on we were facing some obstacle as an organization and he said uh you know you'll find really quickly this thing that that um you and tanya and, and a friend had, have created that will become the thing that uh, that pushes your buttons and the the organism that helps you grow in the same way that you're trying to help other people grow and so you know the even just as recently as all this mess with um with COVID and stuff getting canceled and trying to figure out, well, what do we, you know, how do we weather the storm? Um, I, I, I can't face it apart from the using the same lessons that that we teach and are and learn in the wilderness. Yeah. And so, just I think that's probably some of the the reason that I approach things uh, the way I do is because I've seen them firsthand. They've been impactful to me, and I've seen them be impactful to others. So even in terms of there's a gap between who I am as a husband and who I want to be, who I am as a father and who I want to be. And so the lessons that, that we're doing in higher ground just fuel me and, and feed me as I'm trying to address all those little you know parts of my life that, yep. that should be better. Uh, and you've taught them, dude. Mm-hmm. I think that's so key is, is the fact that because, because that's, that's a thing, man. When you become the teacher, then that is initially the first step of the journey to become the master. Because while you're teaching, it solidifies your beliefs and all those skills, all those wilderness skills, tactics, techniques, and procedures that you were teaching to students through higher ground trips. That has in turn solidified your faith in those skills and that's why you lean on them so heavily probably in your day-to-day life that's why you approach these situations like we're in right now um, and you attack them with the skills that you possess is because you you've been you've been the teacher for so long dude i know i learned more about ttps in uh, two years of being a seal instructor than i did in eight years of being a seal operator right you know what i mean so it, it lets you see that you know we um all of the, all of the instructors that work with us have the ability to kind of rep, look at a situation and see what's the underlying current, what's really happening here. And so, at the top of a rappel, you know, um, someone is saying, "I'm scared of heights," or "I'm scared of waiting the system," or whatever. And you're able to help frame that and say, "Look, what this is what you're afraid of in the moment, but what's really happening is this is your response to stress." And so, you're faced with the opportunity to change how you respond to stress. Right now, you wanna run from it and you wanna go back to what feels safe. Yep. And, and so helping people recognize, you know, what are the personal dynamics that are at play in a given moment on a climb or in the wilderness or whatever. So 100% that helping others, teaching others has impacted the way that, that it's impacted me. I bet uh, it has, yeah. We've been, uh, so we have a, a, a team of instructors. My wife is the operations director. We have a program director named Kelly Duncan that's been with us full-time for a handful of years. And then we have a, the, kind of this army of, um, of instructors who are all qualified, um, both technically and, and in terms of soft skills and how they manage people and, uh, and, and their people like firefighters or EMTs and teachers, people that have a flexible enough schedule that they can work around um, the trips when we need them. And, and there's just kind of a big crew of us. Uh, that approach things and so we we work with about 3,500 people a year currently um, and run run trips all year 
not everyone wants to go outside in January. So we tend to stay really busy April through through October. Yeah. Doing everything from retreat based trips um, for for schools and larger groups to really small, intimate stuff like the basic course. Um, all all the time saying with this group in this setting, how do we apply our goal of uh, of meeting people where they are and helping them advance and move forward and yep. who they are made to be. Now, uh, you, you've been doing this for 13 years, Nathan, so I can only imagine, you, and you've given us a few examples. One uh, of the, you know, the person up on the rappel line, um, the other one of the young man on, on the first trip that you led. But uh, what's a, is there another example that, that you can you can share with us that stands out where, where, again, nature and the conduit of the mission changed a person's life, man? Yeah, there's an, uh, kind of a different, uh, maybe a different side of the coin. And I talked earlier about the intrinsic value to me of, of being in the wilderness. And so, you know, it's hard. I, I would say a, a sophomore in high school um, is a, especially for, I don't want to get, I don't want to stereotype too much, but gender, a high school boy is a pretty jaded, um, pretty sarcastic. That's a phase of life where that's mm-hmm. kind of where they're at. So to take groups of, um, of high school boys into the woods and watch them, you know, watch their jaw hit the rock when they come to a, a vista or an overlook and just be blown away by the sheer magnitude and scale of creation yep. and to watch them in a very tangible way, not in a, not very gently be put in their place to realize I, I'm such a small part mm. of a bigger thing. And I, I use that high school boy example because that's a time in, you know, uh, all high schoolers that kind of the world revolves around them. Yeah. And so to see by no action of a, of a person, but just by being struck by the sheer beauty and scale of creation. Uh, and I think that happens to all of us to recognize, you know, all through scripture, there is the reminder of, of who is the creator and who is the creation and what the proper relationship between the two are. And that we, we have comfort and we have, security because we are the creation that can lean on a creator and so to see that played out just by nature of people being willing to step outside of uh, of being busy and see the invisible qualities of god put on display through creation um would uh, you may have wanted a more personal no man i mean that's i mean that's awesome And, and so i mean i personally i haven't done a lot of work with with youth like I haven't I haven't uh, had that opportunity. It's been most mostly adults, and um, you know I would uh, I would love to see that happen because I know you would just have to see that you'd have to see it on their face and in their eyes, and then all of a sudden translate into their action and and their words. One when they have that experience, when they see that vista up there, and it, it changes their perspective. Right. Basically, man, I've never seen that happen to a young man or a young woman before um, out in nature. So that's a powerful moment. It's dude. neat. And I think it ha- it happens to me still every time that I go out, but I expect that it happens. And that's I know right. going in that I'm going to, this is part of the trip. And so to see it, you know, these kids kind of get blindsided with it um, and, and adults too, but I think it's more striking in someone whose perspective is pretty self-centered to watch it kind of blow through the aspects of, of the parts of their personality. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Um, so I, I mean, what, anything, anything else about higher ground that you think is important for the listeners to know or to understand and, or important for the, the people that want to apply for the basic school to, 
to, I guess, know about higher ground or understand? I mean, I think the the understanding we we um, we work in the setting of adventure. I yep. think helping helping people realize that um, really adventure is our excuse to engage people. So people are what we're about. Adventure is a conduit. It, exactly. Yeah. Uh, just like if you run a if you own a coffee shop. Like it needs coffee needs to be good. It needs to draw people in, but that's your excuse to engage people. Yep. You know, ultimately at the end of the day, it's about um, sharpening one another and being community minded and um, and trying to help one another out. So, in in the basic school, the adventure in the wilderness is the just the context and the conduit through mm-hmm. which we get to grow as individuals and and do that through um, through instruction, through learning from one another. And, uh, and through um, being put in situations where we have no choice but to learn. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. And, dude, I, I, could, I couldn't be any more thankful for our partnership on this project, man, because uh, you bring, like, like I said in the beginning, dude, you bring so much to the table like that there i feel like just when we launch on this mission for the basic school because of what you've done and what you are doing with higher ground and what you've done in the past and then what i've done in the past and blake's done in the past it's like there's not a single gap everything that i could think of from a skill mindset standpoint is is all field is all filled man and then this is through decades, obviously, of experience, this isn't something that we learned overnight. Right. So, I mean, I couldn't be I couldn't be any more thankful, man, for for uh, for the opportunity, brother. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I think it'll be um, like you've said before. We approach things um, from different perspectives or, or different sides of of uh, the situation. So it'll be fun. I'm excited to see where your defaults are and and yeah. to kind of uh, us work it out in real time. Uh, you know, obviously, we'll have done done recon enough to be responsible and and uh, do what we can do yep. through resources. But it'll be fun to work it out in the flesh. And I'm, dude, I'm excited about about finding the balance between that kind of um, I don't like to use the word tactical right. mindset. I guess I, I'll use that word, but that that tactical mindset and and the like backpackers mindset right. like i want to find that that in between where i can still be fast and efficient and i can still be thinking you know any dude anytime i set up a camp i'm thinking i need to be able to pack this camp up and move within 10 minutes like that's that's always that's, in the yeah. forefront of my mind when i'm dude when i see other people set up a camp and it's like a freaking gypsy camp dude and there's just stuff i'm like dude it would take you guys three hours right to pack this up and move like i i want to set my camp up i and this is right or wrong and different this is just the way my mind works like i've got a i've got a go bag to where i know if i got to get up and leave that place i have what i i can leave everything grab my go bag and i can go out and and get get moving, yeah. get to where I need to be and survive. Okay. But, uh, but outside of that, I want to be able to pack the whole thing up right. and move within 10 minutes. Um, I need to find a balance, man. I need to learn how to cook some freaking brownies, dude. <laughs> no, when we, when I was doing the itinerary the other day, it, I think that difference struck me as I was building in times. I was like, Chad's going to look at this like 
an hour to learn skills and set up camp. What are we going to, you know, that, how can you take that long? But it's going to be fun, dude. Yeah, I think, you know, um, you got to find the balance of systems where you're still, you're still squared away and efficient. Yeah. Um, but you can settle in and kind of enjoy life a little bit, not just eat an MRE and go, uh, you know, versus you don't want to, you don't want to look like um, just a bunch of misfits who don't know what you're doing. You, you know, yeah. you, so kind of find a happy medium. Yep. 100%. percent still bro. be able to go hard for sure. Well, Nathan, we're an hour and a half in, dude. I think I, that did that not fly by, fast. man? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, it flew by, but I'm just, I'm so fired up about all this, dude. And I think, I think that we really accomplished everything that we wanted to accomplish with this episode. Um, you know, for the listeners, uh, you guys on Instagram, um, you guys will obviously, uh, if you come out to the basic course, you'll get to know Nathan in a super intimate, close uh, relationship with him. Um, he's got so many more stories um, that, that he's going to share with you guys out there. Um, so with this episode, we just really wanted to launch the basic school out to the public, and we wanted to – I wanted to introduce Nathan to you guys on a, on a high level. Like, I, I wanted you guys to get to know Nathan and who he – who he is, um, and I think I think we hit it. Yeah, and I think it's yeah. As much as sharing stories is a part of the trip, like, dude, we're making our own story. We're ma- yeah, totally, dude. Yeah, and that and that goes back to the the you know one of the one of the pillars of this trip being in a a new location for everyone. We get to make these stories, make these memories, and learn these skills all together. You know yeah. what I mean? And make plans on the fly and react and. The whole nine yards. So um, I think that's one of the pillars of or the principles that we really wanted to portray. Um, all right, guys. So we're going to wrap it up. You good with that, Nathan? Yeah. Um, so, again, if you guys are interested in the basic course, um, what are the, the dates in June? I think it was the – Nathan's got them on his calendar. Hold on just a second. June 12th through 14th and July 10th through 12th. All right. June 12th through 14th. July 10 through 12th. Yep. Those are the two course dates. Um, eight people per course, so there are only 16 slots available. If you are interested, send an email to me. I will personally read every one of these emails. Three of seven, that's the number three of the number seven, events at Gmail. In the subject line, write the basic course. And then give me the five W's, who, what, when, where, why. And we're going to pick 16, man. Perfect. Um, so, yeah, I hope this clears everything up. Hope you guys enjoyed it. This is the 307 Podcast. Enough said. <laughs>